0: Guten Morgen, guten Tag. These are the greetings from Austria. Well, we are on an Austrian theme, and as you can see, I'm kind of uh, dressed in Austrian costume here. And thank you, Crucio, for your Austrian (laughs) hat. Looks nice, doesn't it? Yeah, I love it. Well, this morning, (coughs) we are going to speak on... Grandparenting, and this is uh, in the context of the Austrian culture. Evelyn and I have been to Austria quite a number of times, probably about six times, sometimes just passing through because um, Slovakia, as you know, is next to uh, Vienna, Austria, which is Vienna is the capital of Austria, and so. uh, in order to get to Slovakia, the cheapest flight would be through Vienna. And so we've flown into Vienna and taken the bus, one hour bus from Vienna right into Bratislava, Austria. And so uh, we know Austria pretty well. We've spent quite a lot of time together in Austria. And so today I'm going to share with you uh, some aspects of Austria. And the theme <coughs> is on, <coughs> excuse me, the sound of music. Uh, just excuse me for a moment while Nick is getting <laughs> my PowerPoint ready for me to go. Um, but, uh, you know, Austria, le- let me just um, ramble a bit on Austria because um, Austria is a v- very interesting country there. There is a cave of ice that you climb right up to visit uh, the cave of ice, ice cave. There's also a salt mine that you can go to, many wonderful places in Austria. And so uh, today I'm going to speak to you a little bit about the Austrian culture and how that relates to grandparenting as well because it's about seniors and kids. And um, are you ready, Nick, to have the slides on for me? Yes, Nick? <laughs> oh, they're having some problems with the uh, computer. If, uh, the, you know, there are only five of us here, and so Nick has to juggle a lot with the equipment here and unfortunately there's not a lot of people here to help us but uh, if i could have my computer i'll just share a little bit before the slides come on yes Yes. thank you nick we've got it finally he's scrambling a lot but it's his birthday anyway happy Birthday. birthday nick yes god bless you nick May you have many, many little nicks coming out soon. Well, Vienna, the first slide shows Vienna, Austria. Do you know that Vienna has been voted the most livable city in the world for many, many years, almost 10 times? But especially in the year 2018 and 19, they were. Uh, that city was voted the most livable city in the world. And it's a beautiful city. We've been there many, many times and seen all the sights, the palaces and so on. But um, let me show you a little bit of the culture of Austria, some of the Uh, renowned Austrian foods we have um, in Austria, and and we were actually going to serve some of these foods to you here if you were here live. Unfortunately, because of the lockdown, uh, many of our plans have been spoiled. We were actually going to get a band, a a real Austrian band to come in to entertain us uh, during the break, during lunch, you would have a band with accordion, guitar and yodelling to us. And what a wonderful atmosphere that would have been if not for the lockdown. But anyway, let me just uh, uh, tempt you with some of the Austrian foods as you can see on the screen. First of all, you have the Weiner schnitzel. I think that's how it's pronounced. And um, that schnitzel is made from veal. All right, and then you have the apple strudel, which is uh, really delicious. You can get it here as well. Uh, That's very, uh, very typical Austrian dessert. And then you have the noddle, which is uh, the dumpling, the Austrian dumpling. Just as we have Chinese dumpling, Austrians they have the Austrian dumpling, which is made of potato with uh, meat inside, usually pork mince or something like that. We've tried it, and it's really good. Uh, Also, you have the Austrian sausage, which is quite similar to the German sausage. And uh, these are some of the renowned Austrian foods that we've tried and uh, tasted in Austria itself. Let's move on to the next part of the Austrian uh, culture. And here we we see that uh, the Austrian culture consists of some significant values that they adhere to, and um, these are some of them. Let me just go through them. One of them is social cohesion and tolerance, and um, you know cooperation is a very important thing to the Austrian people. The second thing is uh, being neutral. I was just wondering what neutrality actually meant for them. And after some research, I found that it, it just means non-emotional communication and uh, you know, just being very stoic and very kind of cold in a sense. Um, also, artistry, formality is another um, aspect of the Austrian culture. Privacy, very private people but there's something very unusual that's written there uh, about the Austrian culture, which is a little bit inconsistent with the rest of Austrian culture, and it's called Lichkeit. I, I hope I pronounced it correctly. And it means warm, uh, geniality, and friendliness. And of course, the last one is pragmatism. But... There's this aspect of gemulichkeit, which means they are supposed to be very warm and very friendly. But unfortunately, there's this blind spot about the Austrian culture. Here we are talking about cross-culture elements, and we've experienced this ourselves because we've been there quite a number of times. We've stayed there for a week to visit the different cities, and uh, Austria has been ranked 11. after Australia. Austria and Australia, <laughs> they, they sound quite similar. Some people, they get confused between Australia and Austria, <coughs> but they've been ranked 11 in a new su- survey of top ex- expat, uh, expatriate destinations, because almost a third of newcomers say Austrians are unfriendly to foreigners and reported that it was hard to settle in and meet new people. Well, Evelyn and I have uh, been there many times, as I've said, and, and we confirmed that that it is true that they are kind of stoic and cold. They are not really uh, nasty, but they are not that friendly somehow. and And this seems... To, to conflict what value that they have uh, in their minds, which is uh, uh, a value that they hold tightly to, and they believe themselves that they are actually very warm and friendly. And so this brings us to that point that many of us, even grandparents, or even parents or anyone, we have our blind spots. We think, that we are such and such, we are warm and friendly, but in reality, we are not. And so, you know, if you were to ask someone, are you this and that, they'll say yes, yes, yes. But if you observe their lives, they're not that at all. And we are all the same. I I think I'm this and that, I'm good I'm wonderful and so on. But, you know, we have to ask the people around us to see if we are that at all. And so even as grandparents, you know, many a times we think we are wonderful grandparents to our grandchildren, but the best people to ask if you are really good grandparents are the grandchildren themselves or even your own children, the parents of your grandparents. So it brings me to the point that we need to be adaptable and flexible to change. In Matthew 9, 17, uh, it says that uh, neither uh, neither is wine put into uh, old wine skin. If it is, the skins burst, and the wine is spilled, and the skins are destroyed. But new wine is put into new wine, fresh new wineskins. And both are preserved. So it's important, even as Jesus says here, that we have to be flexible because even as things change, as the Holy Spirit moves in us, he directs us in different directions, in different things. We have to be flexible to change. And so in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 3 and verse 18... It says, We all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. You know, it's important for us to change. There are some things, however, that we need to be steadfast. We need to. Uh, be unchangeable, which is our faith, our love for the Lord Jesus. That is something that we should hold fast to and, and not change and flip and flop. But there are, however, some characteristics, some behavioral things in our lives that we really need to change because of our background, because of our upbringing and because of um, the experiences in our lives that have traumatized us and made us uh, to be people that that God uh, has not intended us to be. It's important for us as we look into the Bible, just like that cat looking into the mirror, <laughs> he, sees a, he sees a lion, right? And, and so many of us, you know, we can't change if we just look at ourselves in the mirror every morning. We look at our own face and we think we are wonderful and all that. But when we begin to look into the Bible, into that mirror through the Holy Spirit, uh, showing us uh, where we have fallen short of the glory of God and asking the Holy Spirit to transform us, we can then begin to change, begin to be healed of our past traumas, of our past bad experiences, and because, and and change from the old ways that we have grown up in. And don't you know? I've met many many people who, and then I, I tell them, you know, can you do this? Can you do that? He says, no, 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 I can't change. I'm I'm too old to change. That's the wrong attitude to have. And so, you've seen the wonderful uh, song by the twins just now, Abigail and Hannah. <laughs> wonderful, weren't they? So cute. But, you know, just, this didn't just happen overnight. Because initially, when we spoke to uh, their mother, Anne, about the kids uh, doing a performance on stage and yodeling, we were going to have, by the way, a y- a yodeling competition here if we were here live, and we'll give a good prize to the best person who could yodel. And I've been trying to yodel. Maybe uh, I'll I'll try a little bit in a in a moment. But <laughs> but uh, coming back to the twins, uh, we were trying to get them to sing this song, this yodeling song, and they were so shy and they were saying, no, 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 I, we, we cannot do it, we will not do it. But this is where um, being willing to change is such an important thing. And here's a wonderful lesson. I began to send them YouTube uh, videos on uh, how to Yodel, learn how to Yodel, lesson one. And then I sent them the second one, how to Yodel level two, and then I send them the Sound of Music track on the the Gotha thing, and uh, and and that's and then they came out with that. Isn't that wonderful? How from that fearful, shy disposition, they were transformed into uh, confident little girls that sang so well. You know, we really applaud you and uh, that. This is a shortened version of the original attempt, which was uh, wonderful. And uh, if, you know, wish we were live here. They would have been up here in their Austrian costume, yodeling, and then we could have got you all to come up to do some yodeling. Let me let me attempt to you know, in in the lesson on yodeling, you you got to start with a a a. <laughs> and then you go into a uh, little old lady who, little old lady who, your lady who, your lady. <laughs> I better give up. No, before I spoil this message. All right, let's. Uh, it's really hard to yodel, really hard to yodel. But uh, it's good to attempt, and and never say that you're too old to to change. Never say you're. T- Too old to learn something new. Let's uh, move into um, the Bible because, after all, you know, in order to change, we need the Bible, we need the Holy Spirit to help us change. Let's look at some of the grandparents in the Bible. I guess many, you know, we've not spoken much about um, the the lives of grandparents in the Bible, first of all, we see in the Bible Jacob Jacob was a grandfather, uh, he was a son first and then he became a father became a grandfather of many grandchildren but there was a there's a significant um, um, statement there or, or, or um, verse in the Bible that showed. Jacob blessing and prophesying over his children. But when it came to Joseph, he not only prophesied over Joseph, but he prophesied over Joseph's grandchildren, uh, no, Joseph's children, meaning his grandchildren, Ephraim and Manasseh, and he, he prophesied over them. And instead of uh, prophesying over the, the elders first and then he crossed his, his hands and he gave the blessings of the firstborn to uh, Ephraim and and um, e- o- Manasseh even though he was the younger and, and that's because he was led by the Holy Spirit. And so Jacob's uh, prophecy over the children came to pass. And grandchildren also came to pass. It's very powerful to see a grandfather, uh, especially head of the family, uh, blessing and prophesying over the grandchildren. The other grandparent that we see is Naomi in Ruth chapter 4, verse 16. And, uh, and, And it reads, Then Naomi took the child and laid it on her bosom, and became a nurse to him. And this grandchild, his name, is name Obed, Obed, who became became the father, father of, of David. David. But what what a, what a can, can uh person uh, uh to be blessed. And so I believe, believe that Naomi's faith, even though it was weak, she was able to pass on that faith to impact the life of Obed, um, who was the grandfather of David. And through Obed, that faith passed on to Jesse and eventually to David himself. So it's so important to see the influence or the impact of grandparents upon their grandchildren. Many a times we think, that as grandparents, all we do is just play with the grandchildren, you know, just spend time with them, have fun with them, but we don't realise the impact of our lives upon the grandchildren and um, what a role we play, what an important role we play. Another grandmother uh, here that is highlighted in the Bible is in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, And it says, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt, this is talking about Timothy, Paul writing to Timothy, which dwelt first in your grandmother, Louis, and your mother, Eunice, and I'm persuaded is in you also. Notice that it mentions grandmother first. (laughs) It didn't say that it's in... uh, in your mother Eunice first, he, he mentioned in your grandmother, Louis, that together with Eunice, they imparted their faith into Timothy and made Timothy the person that he was. Unfortunately, you notice that uh, you don't see the grandfather mentioned there. Maybe he's passed away or, or the father Probably his father's there, but the men seem to be absent in the life of Timothy. But uh, nevertheless, we see, uh, and so grandfathers, you know, and fathers, you, you, you need to rise up. We need to um, rise to the occasion and, and not just allow the grandmothers and the mothers to do the, the important role of passing on the faith We have a very important role, grandfathers and fathers. All right. We also see next that uh, some of you may say, Oh, I'm a single person. I do not have children, and therefore I do not have grandchildren. There's nothing I can do. Uh, This message is not relevant to me. No, no, not at all. We see here that. um, Samuel, the prophet Samuel had a great impact on David who was a second generation from him um, and, and he went to anoint David uh, to be king um, even while Saul was still alive and that got David actually eventually into trouble with Saul because he was jealous. But I believe that uh, Samuel, who was alive during the growing years of David, it, although it's not mentioned in the Bible, he was, in a, in a sense, a spiritual grandfather to David. And I believe that uh, David's faith, in, in some ways, came from Samuel himself because of the anointing, on him and then subsequently he probably would have sent him notes or even prayed for, for David and uh, mentored him and helped him helped him to grow to be the man of God that he was so you can be a spiritual grandparent a spiritual grandmother or grandfather to younger kids I was really blessed the other time um, when Sieni Randy and Sieni when Sieni came to tell me that uh, um, her daughter, Abby, I think stands for uh, Abigail, um, she was given an assignment in school about the five groups of people that impacted her life. And she came and said, this really thrilled me, that Pastor Roland, your name was in that paper! Yeah! That uh, Abby said that uh, Pastor Roland was one of those who impacted her life. How important is that? I mean, I don't interact with her very much, but there were occasions we went out for a meal together, we bought them little gifts, but somehow we are able to impact even very young children. You'll be surprised what an influence you can be um, on little ones. And uh, just be kind to them and, and just love them. Let the, the life of Jesus flow out through to you. Now, we, some of you would have seen this on TV, on the news, <laughs> that uh, um, Ronaldo... Cristiano Ronaldo, who is the, I think, one of the top footballers, highest paid footballers in the world, very uh, renowned uh, soccer player uh, from Portugal, I think. I think he's Portuguese, but he's played for Real Madrid, uh, for uh, Manchester City, and and, and many other clubs. And uh, he 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 is such a famous person he he's uh, into advertising and so on but in one of the interviews uh, after the match he he, he was uh, there was placed on the table some coke bottles because they were promoting coca-cola is one of the sponsors and of course there's a water bottle there as well and then he took the coke bottle and put it away and and sort of indicated this is not good for you, and then he took that bottle of uh, pure water. Um, I don't know what brand it was, but he says this is what <laughs> this is what you should be drinking. All right, and just that little brief gesture, uh, one brief, um, you know, uh, gesture of Ronaldo caused Coca Cola far. 5.2 billion dollars they dropped in their share price as a result of that little gesture of Ronaldo, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo's uh, little gesture of rejecting Coca-Cola, not good for your health, but water, hallelujah. That reminds me now. Water is best for you. Ha, ah, that's not Coke, by the way. It's water. <laughs> and that shows the power of influence because Ronaldo was such a, an influential person, a renowned person. Everything he does on TV, people watch and young people will emulate him. And so as grandparents often we think that we have no influence you know we we are nobody we you know but do you know that many of your grandchildren actually look up to you and many of your traits they will inherit and so we we've got to be very careful that we do not lose our temper in front of them we do not say wrong things bad things bad words and Curses and things like that. Talking about that, you know, uh, my recollection of my grandparents uh, was not very positive. Unfortunately, during my era, grandparents were very distant from from us, and uh, we lived with my grandmother. She, uh, I kind of grew up with my grandmother, but my grandmother came from China. She had little feet bound feet, and she was a very uh, angry, fierce lady. And every time she was angry with you, you know what she would do? She would go to the altar, uh, Chinese altar, where we we were Taoists growing up. She would go to the altar, pick up some sticks from the altar, and she would wave it in front of your face and curse you. She'll be cursing everyone, cursing the family. And I remember one time that I was playing with the, the little chickens that we, we had in the house, even though we lived in a shop house. Uh, my, my, little, my long shop house those days, you know, was very long. And uh, it, my dad loved animals. And it was like a zoo. We had even uh, chickens, we have all kinds of birds, I, I remember we we had one time a, a pig even and and uh, some dogs and and so on, but uh, we we also had chickens little chickens, um, and and I was playing, I took a little stick and and played with them, and accidentally killed one of them, <laughs> and my grandmother came so angry took the stick to to whack me you know and. Uh, So my my recollection of my grandmother wasn't that positive because she would take a stick and go running after my my sisters to beat them whenever she was angry and things like that. And so, you know, as grandparents, we have to be very careful uh, in how we impact our grandchildren. Now this uh, slide shows us in Matthew um Matthew 13 fifty two um, Jesus said to the people, Therefore, every scribe instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who brings out of his treasure things new and old. I remember reading this many years ago, and it really struck me uh, to see, that the kingdom of God consists of things both new and old. Many a times I thought, oh, the new things are the best things. That uh, in the kingdom of God is everything new. New are His mercies every morning, you know, and create in me a new heart, everything new, New Testament. But in the kingdom of God, Jesus actually says this, that... uh, the householder in the kingdom of God brings out things new and old. In other words, both old and new things in the kingdom of God can coexist and should coexist. Even in architecture these days, nowadays, if you go to the city, they are very reluctant to get rid of old buildings. Their heritage, they are heritage, they are actually protected. And if it's more than a hundred years old or so, you're not allowed to touch it. You're not allowed to tear it down. you're to preserve it. And if you are to build uh, a new building around uh, on it, you've got to build on top of it or you know behind it. but you've got to preserve at least the facade of the old architecture because um, the old stuff somehow brings um, character to the atmosphere, to the architecture of the place. And all things are very much appreciated uh, in this world. So not everything new is necessarily better because there are all things that are very um, much appreciated. Even if you go to a modern cafe, you'll probably see an old uh, style wall there with raw bricks and so on. So there is this blend of both old rustic stuff together with the new. So it is with the kingdom of God that uh, the older people, older uh, grandparents need to have a vital place in the family. Talking about householder here. And so we are talking about the family, that the householder or the... The, the person in charge of the household of the family, has both new and old. So it, within the family, it is important both to have young, new people, new, new ones, as well as grandparents. Grandparents, therefore, play a very, very vital role within the family. And so it is with the church, too. I believe that in the church, there is an important role for the older generation in the church, so-called grandparents, grandfathers, and grandmothers. Winnie, you're a grandmother of the church, you know. To be honest, I don't feel like a grandfather. I I still feel I'm 21 somehow. Somehow the years have have passed me by, but in my mind, I don't feel that old. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, we, We know that in the Bible, as you read the Bible, it talks about God being the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In other words, God is a God of generations. In Exodus 34 verse 7, it says, Keeping steadfast love love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and children's children to the third and fourth generation." So in this verse and, and other verses related to that, it shows that God desires uh, not just to visit the iniquity of uh, the, the, the sins of the fathers of the forefathers to the third and fourth generation, but showing his mercy to a thousand generations. In other words, God's intent is that his blessings will flow to the generations down the line. But unfortunately, uh, we see that curses are also true. We we see, uh, like in my family, because of the curses of my grandmother, I have personally seen, uh, before we became Christians, her curses all coming true to my uncles, aunties, to my cousins, my own family, my brother died when he was 25, then followed the next year uh, by my father who was only 53 years old at that time, and then my grandmother died later on, you know it it's a reversal, instead of the older ones dying, our younger ones died first, followed by my the next generation, and then my grandmother, and she was uh, unfortunately... Um, not a believer in Christ, we, we were all brought up in the Taoist faith and she only did what she knew to do, unfortunately, and every time she got angry, all she need to do, uh, knew to do was just to curse and we've got to break these curses. You know, I, I find myself having some of these traits from my grandmother that every time in the past anyway, <laughs> hopefully I've changed. My my wife is the only one who can tell me if I've changed, that uh, if I drive on the road and somebody cuts in or being rude to me, I, I would curse them or uh, kind of scold them and say idiot or something like that. But I repent of it. I've repented a thousand times. And uh, But uh, I, I noticed that that trait from my grandmother of wanting to react and and curse people uh, was there. And and so I've had to break that curse. I have to cut off that trait. Um, And some of you may have bad traits from your grandparents. Um, uh, In my family, we've seen the the terrible trait or or habit, uh, addiction to gambling. My grandfather was a gambler and so was my father and it seems to increase in intensity with each generation. My father lost all our fortune through gambling and then it passed on even to some of my siblings who uh, went into that habit. And so that curse uh, is evident and it needs to be broken. We've got to renounce it. We have to cleanse it with the blood of Jesus. And it's important for us to trace some of these characteristics of traits, negative traits in our life. Some of you may have uh, been born with a, a, a temper, with a bad temper and um, you, you, you react very violently. And, and so perhaps that could be a curse from your grandparents or from your own parents. These are some uh, traits that you, you need to be aware of. But unfortunately, as I've said, many a times we are blind. We have our blind spots and we can't see ourselves. And therefore, it's important for us uh, to ask your wife or your spouse or your children to tell you what, you, what those bad uh, traits are because we can't see it ourselves. And we've got to allow the Holy Spirit to, to change us. Let's move on now. So let's come to some of the keys um, that I find in the Word of God to help us bridge the generational gap. Now, the first one is found in Malachi 4, 6, it says, and he, you know, it says in verse 5 that uh, in the last days God will send Elijah, the prophet, meaning the spirit of Elijah, who will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children back to their fathers, uh, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. In the King James, it says, lest I strike the land with a curse, or utter destruction. So from here, we see that it is important uh, for us to to um, note that fathers, we need to turn our hearts to the children to prevent this curse from happening in our family and in the land. Eventually, You know, if every family has this problem, that whole society, the whole land will be cursed, and we we don't want that. So, here God sends the spirit of Elijah uh, to turn our hearts, and this has to be intentional. This change, this um, bridging of the generation gap. Between us and the younger gen- generation, it's not something that comes naturally. The natural thing is to just be ourselves, just remain as we are and and behave the way uh, our grandparents did, our parents did, you know, exhibiting the negative traits and shouting or cursing or uh, you know, talking uh, kind of rudely, and uh, using bad language and things like that, but, and, and showing a bad example to our generations. But this, this bridging of the gap has to be intentional. We've got to realise that we have a gap there, and we have to uh, do something about it, We've got to change. As I've said earlier, we have to be transformed by the Holy Spirit. We can't change ourselves. We've got to repent. We've got to renounce and be cleansed with the blood of Jesus. Our memories have to be cleansed. And uh, so the first point is that we have to be intentional. We've got to be conscious of it. We've got to realize and we have to begin to allow the Holy Spirit to turn our hearts to our next future generation. And prayerfully, there will be a response. And this is where the younger generations themselves have that responsibility to respond to that turning, to that uh, turning of hearts of fathers to their children. Uh, The young children, the young generation, they have that responsibility to respond, to say, yes, uh, grandpa, Yes, Father, uh, you know, I love you. I, I respond to that. I am willing to accept it. I'm willing to uh, realize that old things are, are valuable, <laughs> not just the new things, not just the, the computer or the games is uh, valued to me, but spending time with grandparents is something that is valuable. And so there has to be the turning of both hearts of the fathers, of grandfathers, as well as the children. All right. The second thing that uh, is needed is that we need to be a life-giving spirit. And this is taken from 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45. Thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being The last Adam, meaning Jesus, is is also called the last Adam. The first Adam, Adam and Eve, they were human beings, living being. But the last Adam, Jesus, and we are all in Christ, have become, uh, the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. So we've got to be conscious of being uh, people with, life-giving spirit, that the the spirit in us needs to be right. That's why David in Psalm 51 says, uh, he prays that, Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. It's very important that we check our own spirit, that it's not a a bitter spirit. I meet a lot of uh, seniors, you know, interact with a lot of seniors who have been through a lot of traumas in life, and over the years they tend to accumulate all these pain and uh, bad experiences, and and they instead of remaining sweet in spirit, they grow bitter. And every time you talk to them, they will pour out their bitter spirit and tell you all these bad things in in the in the family, all the bad things in the country, everything is bad. You know, you spend an hour with them, all you hear is just very negative, bitter stuff being poured out. So we have to be careful to check our own spirit as we interact with our grandchildren or with younger kids, as spiritual grandparents, that we do not pour out all this negative uh, a life-sapping spirit, <laughs> instead of life-giving, we we are pouring out bitterness. We are pouring out sourness. We are pouring out all these uh, evil stuff from our past. So let's let's cut that off. Let's ask the uh, like David says, "Create in me a clean heart, Lord. I repent, and create in me a a, a clean heart and renew." In me, a right spirit, a steadfast spirit, a good spirit, so that in interacting with our younger ones, we can then impact or influence them positively by being a life giving spirit. Do we have uh, a life giving spirit or is it a death giving spirit? That's the question we need to ask ourselves. All right? Now, the third point here. Is we, as grandparents, I know we've eaten more salt than than them, the younger ones eating rice, as the saying goes, we have to remain humble. I think humility is the greatest virtue. I always teach that in, in many of the churches I've been to. I ask them, what do you think the greatest virtue in the world is? Most of them would say love. But that's not true. Because even the, the, uh, the element of love or peace or joy, all these wonderful godly traits, they don't come from you. They come from God. So without humility of repenting and, and reaching out to God, it starts with humility. We, we can't even have love. We can't have peace. We can't have joy. We can't have all the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And so it's important that we re, we stay humble we remain humble and and always realize that we are nothing without Jesus. It says with without me you can do nothing. Zero zilch, all right? And and especially for those who are have achieved much in life, perhaps you have become rich and wealthy and powerful, that's the greatest trap, because then it makes you think that you've got all it takes you. You, you don't need to learn anymore. But do you know that you have, there's so many things you can learn from your own children and your grandchildren? To be honest, I've learned, and, and Pastor Chris, if you're watching, I've learned a lot of things from you, even though I may not have said so. I've, I've learned a lot of wonderful things. Uh, from his leadership and uh, I I may have uh, lived longer but I'm still learning things and it's important to realise that uh, you can learn from your grandchildren even Uh, not just the computer stuff not just the IT stuff how to handle this app and and, and so on but many things in life the attitudes and, and so on Many of us grandparents can learn things and it's important uh, from Proverbs to, to see in Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 5, it says, let the wise, see, you may think you're wise, but even let the wise hear and increase in learning. There's no stage where you can reach where you don't need to learn anymore. And the one who understands, obtain Guidance. Next point is be relevant. In Psalm 92 and verse 13, it says, Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in all age. Hallelujah. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Now this word fresh means being um, current, right? I'm fresh. It means I'm, I'm current, I'm relevant, I'm not uh, dated, I'm not old. Even though you may be old in age, you are still current, you are still fresh. And so there are many architects who, or, or builders who will go to an old building and refresh them, renovate them. It still has the old uh, architecture, just like in our own church. We have all these uh, steel bars here that, that that shows the old style things. It, it's 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 old but refreshed. We we have to constantly be refreshed, constantly be current, uh, knowing what what are the current trends. What you know how to do some of the IT stuff, some of the computer stuff, even though um, we may not be as good as as the younger ones, doesn't matter, but we show interest. We show that we can still learn and that uh, even in our old age, we can still be an influence, a positive influence, bear fruit in our old age. I don't know how old is considered old, by the way. All right, I don't consider myself old anyway. Praise God. Let's move to the last, second last slide. The fifth point. This is the last point. Be a support grandparents, not a parent. <laughs> you know, from my very many years of observing families, I have found that those um, children who have been raised by grandparents. Um, and, and, and where the parents have abdicated, somehow do not turn out that well. I, I've seen this over and over again, because parents, because you know, it's easier to abdicate, give all the work to the grandparents to, to raise the children. It doesn't work, because God's given the parents the sole responsibility of raising children. So it's very important Grandparents, that you do not take over the role of your children in parenting the kids. You are there as a support. So, first of all, we've got to pray for your grandchildren. All right? Pray for your grandchildren. Secondly, share your faith, share your love for God with them, the Bible, your love for the Bible, the Word of God. And share. your good family stories. It's so important to share the stories of the past. Of course, some of them may be negative, but even if it's negative, begin to to bring a lesson out of that um, to your grandchildren. But share good, especially the good family stories that would edify them, that would help them to learn from the past. Number three, share your helpful experiences and lessons in life with your grandchildren. And then have fun and don't be legalistic. You know, many a times we tend to be very legalistic. This is not right, that's not right. But the things that are memorable are those fun times that you've had with your grandchildren. I remember going snorkeling with my grandson in Pulau Redang. My, that was such a struggle for me. I, for, for one, I'm a poor swimmer. And so <laughs> I tried to stay alive during that time. But nevertheless, you know, I, I made the attempt at, of having fun with him, engaging with him uh, in, in the little things in life and the big things in life as well. So finally, parents never, uh, as parents, I'm talking not about grandparents, but parents. Never allow your your children to be rude or dishonour your parents. Never, never allow your children, you've got to make a stand, never allow them to shout at your parents or say rude things to them. Discipline them if they were to do so, because... You know, the Bible says if we do not honor our parents, there will be a curse upon the family. And so, but a blessing will come if we learn to honor our father and mother, and more so our grandparents. And so, this is a very, very important thing that you should establish in your family. This is a no go zone. Never allow them to speak rudely or dishonor your parents, uh, meaning the grandparents. All right. So as grandparents, we have such a wonderful, important role to support in terms of passing on the generational blessings um, instead of focusing on the generational curses, which are also important to cut off, to, to note and to cut off, But, but have more... Consciousness about the generational blessings that you can pass on, the legacy that you can pass on to the many generations down the line. And so, in ending, I would like to acknowledge first of all to thank the video editing uh, teams that we've had. I'd like to acknowledge Michael Melinda for um, for the interview. For Alex Chong, cute Alex, you did really well, wonderful. Abigail and Hannah and, and their mum Anne for doing the videoing and, and training them in uh, the yodeling song. And um, the next item that you'll be listening to as uh, Winnie and Evelyn will be sharing on uh, is the Doremi song. And in that song, there is a phrase, it says... When you know the notes to sing, you can sing most anything. Oh, sorry. But uh I I you know I can only hit a certain note, but this phrase, this this uh verse in that song is very significant because. Uh, and it's tied in with my message, because it says, when you know the notes to sing, you can sing most anything. So it is, when you know the principles, the biblical principles for imparting life, in impacting your generations, in creating a legacy to your future generations, you can do anything. God enables you to be um, all things to all men, to all generations, to all cultures, and uh, you, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you and you can be a life-giving spirit, a blessing to other generations, and even to other other cultures. Let me just pray. Father, I just thank you for um, speaking to us. I thank you for the many generations in our church. I thank you for Pastor Chris Ong having this vision for a multi-generational church, that we are a church that doesn't despise any generation. We celebrate both the old and the new. I ask you, Lord, to uh, break the generational curses in the families and begin to release the blessings of God to all the families represented here, even those who are single people, that they can also be a blessing to the future generations around them, to friends and to relatives, children. They can be that life-giving spirit. So we commend them to you and ask you to bless, Lord, the families and the individuals that are out there today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you.